Welcome to Literally Nothing Matters Podcast, where your new besties, Amanda and Caitlin, will chat openly about everything that no one is talking about, but everyone is secretly thinking. Together, we will debunk wellness trends, navigate relationships, and begin the journey to become the best versions of ourselves. At the end of the day, just remember, literally nothing matters. So grab your favorite beverage and meet us every Monday for our weekly date. Wait, did we just become best friends? Yep. Today on the podcast, we are joined by a woman who took a PCOS diagnosis in early 2019 and turned it into a thriving business, helping other women manage their own hormones through nutrition just a few short years later. She graduated from Dalhousie University with a Bachelor's of Science and went on to become a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, registered holistic nutritionist, as well as a certified personal trainer. She has had an interest in skin health since she was young, but didn't know the true meaning of health until she faced multiple diagnoses along with several acne and rosacea after coming off of the birth control pill. Welcome to the podcast, founder and owner of Holistico Inc. and the Acne Solution, Katie McKiersey. Yay! Thanks so much for having me. Woohoo! We're so excited to chat with you. Yeah, me too. Fix our hormones, fix our skin. We want all the answers. (laughs) Heal me, fix my life. (laughs) Literally. Um, Well, let's jump in just starting with you. What is, you know, what brought you to being so passionate about hormone health and doing the work that you do? Yeah, yeah. So kind of similar to what you said, I started this practice after after I suffered with really bad like cystic and fungal acne and then the rosacea and the dermatitis and all that came and then of course that was paired with like hormone and digestive issues and I kind of all linked it back to the birth control pill um unfortunately when I came off of the birth control pill that's when it all happened and I got absolutely no help from dermatologists not even really from naturopaths or doctors or or anything really and I feel like I kind of tried everything like most people have they've tried you know every skincare routine, every medication, every supplement, every diet, et cetera. And just nothing was really working long-term. I basically would get like a bit of temporary relief, but that was about it. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, I need to, I need to figure this out and I need to help other people because this healthcare system is just not it. <laughs> that could be like a whole, whole other conversation. And you have an interesting perspective too, because I feel like in the United States, all we talk about is how messed up our healthcare system is from like insurance to just like the lack of actual support that we're given, but you're in Canada. So it's interesting to hear that from you too, because so many people just like make the flippant comments of like, we're just going to move to Canada, you know, because everything is so much better and totally fine and fixed there. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same at the end of the day, like yeah, our healthcare is free. Like we pay for it in our taxes, but Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of like the help that you're actually getting, like they're just going to push my experience, at least with doctors is they're just going to push medication onto you that obviously doesn't get to the root cause. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of an approach Um, or they're just going to kind of, you know, totally disregard your symptoms for stress or anxiety or something like that. Unfortunately, that's the reality of most of my clients. And that was the reality for me. Um, But yeah, obviously everyone's story is a little bit different. Yeah, totally um well yeah talking about your clients what are some of the most common um causes of acne that you see obviously i'm sure it runs the gamut but 
what are some of the most common causes and then what are some of the things that you get them started with to help treat and reduce it? Yeah, definitely. So I would say common causes would definitely be hormone issues, digestive issues. Those are the two big things we need to kind of start looking at. What a lot of people forget too is like your nervous system and your blood sugar and you know, your mineral balance and detoxification. Those are all huge components. So in terms of what we would start with, it's definitely going to be minerals because they're what the first four main macro minerals, calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, they're what control all the chemical reactions in the body. And they're kind of like, you know, our spark plugs of our body. So if you don't have those first four kind of in check, nothing else can really function properly, right? So, and then that kind of ties into like your thyroid as well and your metabolism on a cellular level. So that's the baseline where I recommend everybody start and then kind of work your way up from that. Um, and that's why I actually do a lot of HTMA tests on clients. So hair tissue mineral analysis tests, because that, you know, that kind of looks at that, that looks at your metabolism on a cellular level and your nervous system and your thyroid and all those foundational pieces to kind of start your journey. Wow. I'm thinking as you're talking, um, I have a thyroid disease. I have Hashimoto's and I've kind of seen a, a lot of doctors. I see an endocrinologist and everything. And it's kind of what you were talking about before of just you know, we're going to mask the symptoms by medications, by medications. And then I also see holistic practitioners, you know, like acupuncturists and different, different realms like that, who think of it in terms of more of like diet and lifestyle. And so there's kind of two ways of looking at it. So thinking about, you know, you've looked at all of these different components and now we've identified one of the components that we're struggling with for, for my example, it's my thyroid. Do you think that there are ways to combat these different diseases that aren't dealing with medication and do you think that it's a way that we can ever like actually extinguish the disease or is it something we're just going to have to live with for our lives and just kind of balance through all of these different tests definitely not something you have to live with forever a hundred percent natural medicine can can help you for sure wow. so I mean a lot of people say that about like PCOS even so I was never diagnosed with Hashimoto's but I was diagnosed with PCOS and everybody told me they're like, it's, you can't cure that condition. Like it's, it's not right. Reversible. And it's just so not true. Like I, based off of my lab work now and based off tests that you run, like no one would ever think that I had PCOS and that was all done naturally. So same goes with Hashimoto's. You can definitely reverse that. It just takes time. That's the thing. And a lot of people don't want to stay consistent with new habits for a long period of time. If they're not getting that like immediate results and immediate gratification, so yeah, that's kind of the tricky part. And it's always like a tough balance sometimes with clients because yeah, I've had clients who have cleared their skin with me in a matter of a few months, right? But I've also had clients where they've cleared their skin in like a year working with me. So everyone's journey is so different and so hard to compare each other's. Um, but yeah, definitely like I I truly believe that in most cases, medical intervention is is not needed. Wow. I love that. That's the first time I've ever heard that and having this for a while now. So that's so exciting for me and kind of liberating. And I think that just hearing that can caught, can like make people seek out professionals like yourself. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. No, there's, there's hope for sure. There's hope. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like people get so frustrated because it's like you were saying, Caitlin, like, or even you too, Katie, like you go to a bunch of doctors and 
you kind of are dismissed or they'll try a medication or tell you like, okay, you just have to deal with this for the rest of your life. But then you also, you know, open up TikTok or Instagram and like see, because so much of this wellness quote unquote stuff is so like trendy and like buzzwordy. So you like log on social media and you see all of these things that you should be trying. And it's like, so overwhelming so then you just give up and yeah (laughs) you know i know that's (gasps) and there's so much contradicting information out there on social media and everything that a lot of people just get overwhelmed and they give up and then they're like oh everything's gonna kill us like everything's bad for us like might as well just you know eat mcdonald's every day (laughs) yeah yes literally um okay can we go back to the mineral stuff because speaking of which i feel like i've been seeing a lot of content about this stuff too about like we you know get sold this like idea that like you need to be drinking so much water and you need to be drinking like a gallon a day and like that's all that matters alkaline water yeah but now there's all these other things of like well it doesn't actually matter if you're drinking a gallon a day if you're not also like making sure that you're having the right minerals. Yeah. But then it's like a whole slew of like, you know, over information and what's right and what's not. And what the hell does this random influencer know, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So if you're drinking like a load of just like reverse osmosis water that doesn't have any like naturally occurring minerals in it, like everything's kind of been filtered out of it, then yeah, of course you're going to be washing away, you know, minerals in your body you're gonna be washing away you know everything essentially right and a lot of people think that like when your urine is clear that's means that you're hydrated like not necessarily because it also just like water's just flowing through you right it's just it's just showing that the water is going into the toilet instead of being used by your cells so we add minerals into that mix like those main macro minerals that i was talking about like magnesium sodium potassium those, those are your like primary electrolytes and those are going to actually help your body and your cells absorb the water and actually, you know, utilize it. Same with like fruits and stuff, like eating lots of hydrating fruits with vitamin C. That's always going to be, you know, probably more hydrating than just plain old regular water. Um, so yeah, that is, it, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but I always just tell my clients, filter your own water, get a good filter, invest in and then add different electrolytes like magnesium bicarbonate. I have a good one from Lifeblood that I love. It's called Balance. Um, it has like potassium, sodium, and magnesium in it. Or you can get those like unflavored LMNT packets. Oh those yeah. Magnesium, potassium in them, and just add that to your water. That's what I do. Oh, awesome. that's so like, easy. That's something you should do like every day. Yes, definitely, especially after like a sauna or during a sauna or during a hot bath or a workout, I would even up it a little bit. But yeah, I drink electrolytes every single day in my water. Okay. Yeah. Are there things, because I feel like this is also now a big trendy wellness thing with all the like liquid IV. And then, yeah, I feel like I've been getting ads up the wazoo for the LMNT ones, but it also gets overwhelming of like, okay, well, which ones are better or which ones have the right ingredients which ones have like crap ingredients are there things to like look for or look out for yeah so definitely like even the lmnt ones like the flavored ones i would stay away from those they got citric acid and natural flavors in them like you don't want any of that kind of 
unnecessary fillers or preservatives. You want to look for pure, you know, minerals, right? Pure ingredients. Um, so it's tough. It's tough to find, honestly. Like the only ones that right now that I can think of really are the lifeblood and the LMNT unflavored. And then I think Pristine Hydro has a magnesium bicarbonate as well and some other companies. But yeah, you definitely want to be careful because they'll add anything into those <laughs> and sugars too. They'll add lots mm-hmm. of like crappy kind of um inflammatory sugars in there. Yeah. Like alcohol sugars and stuff. So they're like, it's sugar free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The stevia and the monk fruit too, which isn't inherently bad, but you've got to kind of look at it from a perspective as like those things are super sweet, but they're not actually glucose. So your body is going to, it's going to react as if it's glucose, right? Because it's super sweet to taste, but then that's going to leave insulin kind of dysregulated and it's going to leave you on that blood sugar roller coaster because it's not, you're not actually eating your body preparing. So that's like the whole <laughs> So interesting. Everything is a lie. <laughs> Basically, no. <laughs> um, all right, that's super helpful. What so you typically start there with like let's make sure you're at least doing this first thing. Um yes. what are other like common misconceptions that you see about like the cause of acne or like mistreatment? Cause again like going back to like the wellness influencer like influx I feel like every other day people are sharing their skincare routines and like making you think that you need to like do everything under the sun yeah Yeah, tell me your skincare routine I'm going to hack it yes (laughs) I'm stealing it it's literally like nothing like people are always so shocked by that but really all it is is I cleanse every few days with some honey like raw honey or manuka honey whatever I kind of have in my kitchen um and not even every day definitely not every day um I if I'm wearing makeup I'll wipe it off with like some alcohol-free witch hazel um and then I moisturize with like beef tallow so there's a couple companies fat skin's a really good one they're Canadian based so that's where I get all of my tallow based products from but what is that exactly I've never heard of that sorry to interrupt you yeah, yeah. It's literally beef tallow, grass-fed beef tallow, which is animal fat, obviously. And okay. then add different like extracts in there, or they'll add like a bit of jojoba oil, or you know, just to kind of make it a little bit a little bit fancier. Um okay. but you can literally moisturize with just straight beef tallow. I've also done that before. <laughs> Are there any vegan alternatives to that? I would do jojoba oil. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that too, because I had seen on one of your posts that you recommended not using seed oils. And that's the oil I mm. always use all over my body is the, you pronounce it correctly. I'm not going to, I always thought it was jojoba oil. Jojoba <laughs> oil. <laughs> We're learning so much. Is that a, um, a nut oil or is that something you would recommend? So it is technically a seed oil, but basically what I mean by generalizing saying oils is the fatty acid composition so that's what you really want to look at so you want to get something that is higher in saturated fats or monounsaturated fats which a jojoba oil is it has a very small percentage of polyunsaturated fats so polyunsaturated fats are the inflammatory fats that when you put them on your skin or you eat them they're likely going to oxidize and they're going to go rancid and they're going to lead to that inflammation and that free radical damage which is what we want to avoid so anything that's closer 
fatty acid profile to saturated fats and monounsaturated fats they're mainly consists of those two fats then that's a little bit better of a choice um so jojoba is kind of like the exception with seed oils but basically every other seed oil primarily contains polyunsaturated fats like You're patting safe. myself on the back over here i'm like thank god yeah. <laughs> are sweating over there for a minute. I love that so much that it's just simple because I think yeah. we get so overwhelmed with like, what product should we use? What toners, what moisturizers, like the hyaluronic acid, all of these different components that everyone's trying to sell to us. And it's so important to know, like mostly the most simple options are probably the most effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like less, way, 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 way. like I always tell my clients, like even when we first onboard them, they, I basically get probably like 75% of them, 80% of them to take a whole month off from skincare altogether because their skin barrier is so badly. They've been putting all of these harsh products on it for years and years and years and been doing this like crazy antibacterial skincare routine. So obviously their skin barrier is going to be stripped. Their skin microbiome is going to be completely wiped away. So when we take that month off, they actually see a lot of the inflammation and redness start to go down because your body's like, whoa, this is like such a break. Like it's uh it's kind of like a reset almost. That's amazing. Wow. Um, that was actually something I wanted to ask you about was the skin barrier. I feel like that is a new phrase for me. Um, so can you dumb it down <laughs> and let us know like what it is, why it's important, what we're doing that damages it? Yeah. What does that mean long term? All the stuff. Yeah, definitely. So an easy way to kind of explain it is basically just like the top layer of your skin, like the top layer of your epidermis. That's what we're referring to when we say the skin barrier. Um, So it's basically like it's flattened skin cells, but then also has fatty acids, ceramides, cholesterol, etc. It's very, very, very. That's kind of the top part with putting like retinols and AHAs and BHAs and exfoliating it. It's so fragile and it's so gentle. And to actually, you know, keep your skin glowy and keep keep it plump and keep it hydrated, you have to have a solid skin barrier in in place, right? Um, And a lot of people don't realize that if you know if your skin barrier is not in good shape, that's when acne starts to show up. That's when aging starts to show up. That's when that super dry, flaky skin comes into play. Um, so yeah, my best advice is always like, stop touching it, stop using harsh products, like just stop everything and let it kind of repair itself. Like your body knows how to heal itself. You just have to give it the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Also another mistake I see people, which is like a super simple mistake, but they use really hot water to wash their face. I always recommend if you're rinsing your face, use cold water and try to get like a shower filter or a tap filter that you're washing your face with. So you're not, you know, you know, all that. (laughs) that That's so true to think about. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Are there any other things that you would recommend um, we do to like protect and care for it? Yeah. So um, I would say like from a nutrition perspective and from like an internal perspective, there's a lot that you can do as well. Um, So obviously like reducing alcohol consumption, reducing smoking, those kind of things would be helpful. Um, Also upping protein, that would be helpful. Animal protein specifically upping zinc. Zinc is an incredible mineral for skin repair. 
Um, and it's, it's also really good for acne scars if you're suffering with that. So all my clients are cooking in either butter or ghee or tallow or coconut oil as like a plant-based option. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where you want to start. That's like the, the basics for nutrition. Yeah, no, but I love that it's that basic, you know, you don't have to like revamp your whole life. Yeah. Just be mindful of some of your choices and add, you know, some things in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just think about how they ate like hundreds of years ago. Like that's kind of where you want to go, where you want to go back to. Mm, yeah. A lot less chemicals and all of that good stuff. Um, uh, another thing in terms of like protecting your skin. Um, and it's something that I feel like everyone is talking about like sunscreen, you know, what, Ooh, that's a good one. what, yeah uh ingredients should we be like avoiding is it something that we do need to be using every day yeah so i have a bit of a different opinion than probably most people i don't think sunscreen is something that we need to be putting on our body every single day i think practicing safe sun exposure is going to be best so i am ginger so like i burn like crazy <laughs> um but I go in the sun in intervals, right? Like I bring a hat or I bring like a cover up of some sort and I kind of expose my skin for like 15, 20 minutes and then kind of, you know, put on a sweater or whatever. Um, because if we're not, if we're just using sunscreen all day and we're lathering that up on our body every single day, it's like we're never really going to be able to absorb that vitamin D and we're not going to be able to get the beneficial. If you guys probably have noticed this, if you ever had acne before and then you go out in the sun, it's like gone after or like your skin just feels like way better and way less way less damage in a way um so yeah I feel like that's something that is a very big misconception in my opinion is we really want to just practice safe sun exposure and of course when it comes to sunscreen like you definitely want to avoid the polyunsaturated fatty acids the sunscreen as well because those fats are going to oxidize with heat light and oxygen right so of course they're going to, if you put them on your skin before they go out, it, it's going to oxidize with the sun and that's going to lead to inflammation on your, on your skin. And then that's, what's actually going to age you. And same with those chemicals that are in most chemical sunscreens, those, how those react with the sun, that's truly what's going to cause the damage more so than the actual sun itself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my controversial thoughts on that. I mean, <laughs> not <super> controversial. <laughs> just a different perspective and again kind of takes that pressure off I feel like yeah 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 yeah. obviously like we don't want to be go going out and getting like burnt every single day like that's not fun for anybody but there are things even from a nutritional perspective that you can do to to help your body react better to the sun so ever since I started supplementing a good quality vitamin e and ever since I've cut out seed oils out of my diet and vegetable oils and you know started eating more ancestral base like even though I am ginger and I do still burn I do my my skin is able to last quite a bit longer in the sun now than what it was used to that's crazy that just by what you're eating can affect your sun intake yeah Oh yeah, 100%. And even, um, I don't, have you guys heard of methylene blue before? No, tell me <laughs> all about it. <laughs> it's actually um, Adam Marafioti. I don't know how to say his last name, but he owns a company called Lifeblood and he knows way more about it than I do. He's the, he's the one that um, manufactures it and everything. Um, but I've been using that on my skin for since this, almost the start of this summer. And I've noticed it to be such a good, 
like pre sun kind of thing. So my, so fat skin, which is a, a Canadian based company, they sell it in one of their formulas and it, it doesn't necessarily prevent burning, but it, it helps a lot with how my skin reacts to the sun. So I used to get like um, really bad heat rash and stuff when I would be laying out in the sun all day when I was younger. And I found like the methylene blue has been helpful along with the, the vitamin E and cutting out the seed oils and all of that. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots you can do and, and they don't, don't realize that they just slather on the sunscreen and go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like people are fearful so much because of all the messaging that we get all the time. And obviously like skin cancer is terrifying and also everyone's afraid of aging. So I feel like that honestly more so than the skin cancer people always are like, well, I can't possibly ever get one wrinkle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wrinkles are a big thing too, about why people are so scared of the sun. Yeah. Do you think that that, ha that kind of can get into your research and kind of what, what you talk about with your clients? Do wrinkles kind of play a part? Yeah, I would say a little bit. I mean, overall, my client population is a bit younger. So I don't know if they're like, they, they don't seem to be too super worried about that yet. But I've had that conversation a lot, mainly with people like on my Instagram. Mm. I was giving like kind of anti-aging tips. Most people are just like using retinol all the time, yeah. which that's not necessarily my my recommendation. Um, but yeah, I do get asked that a decent amount in, on Instagram. And I'm sure that it just has to do with diet for the most part and just lifestyle, I would assume. Yeah, 100%, definitely. And there's are like natural things that you can do to help. So cosmetic acupuncture, I think that's a really great alternative to Botox. Um, and then there's different like, um, kind of different skincare things that you can do as well. So they're, um, I forget what it's called. It's by biotech, but they have a pretty good spray that can help with supernatural. Um, and then, you know, different, different moisturizers and stuff like that can help as well in different oils. The problem I kind of have with retinol is that it's, it's kind of a tough one to talk about because I get a lot of people pushing back with this one, but in terms of retinol, you have to look at how it works. And this is kind of how I explain it to people. So it basically encourages skin cells to divide like in that lowest layer. So this means that you will start to get like new epidermal cells migrating up to the top layer of your skin. So basically when you're using retinol, you get new skin cells appearing more frequently, which, you know, that's kind of like the whole exfoliation process. But my kind of argument to it is that skin cells are only replicating so many times and they're going to they obviously are going to produce those, those protective fats, those protective lipids when being rapidly produced like that. So you end up weakening your barrier. And then in the long run, that's going to lead to aging. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I look at everything basically in today's kind of skincare world is like, look at how it actually works on a deep level rather than just like going by the marketing and then, you know, figure out what exactly it's doing based off of that. So if anything, you know, product is in the end damaging your skin barrier long term. To me, it's not going to help with with aging. That makes sense. <laughs> so crazy. Learned so much. My brain is just exploding. Um. Okay. Another thing that I need you. I'll let you take this one, Mandy. <laughs> oh, I'm skipping over that one, but we'll come back to that one. Okay. Um. Okay. Because. 
I do have questions about that, but <laughs> I need you to debunk or at least give us the truth about green powders because this is one athletic greens. I don't have, that's a false statement. I don't have like a vendetta against the green powders or AG1 or whatever, but they have a very large marketing budget, it seems, because yes. they are sponsoring every podcast and they have so many ads. And now there's like a million different types of green powders. So like, do we even need them? <laughs> yeah, I know. This one's an interesting one. So I don't definitely don't need them. That's not something, they're not something I really recommend at all. So mm -hmm. if you look at the ingredients of AG1 or Bloom, I know that what's another big company. Mm -hmm popping off right now um you if you actually look at the ingredients like it, it usually is I can't remember what exactly they are for those two specific companies but I'm assuming there's probably some natural flavors in there there's probably maltodextrin and different fake sugars they always advertise like sugar-free but then they usually kind of get away with that by adding in some sort of other you know fake sugar um sometimes there's gums in there sometimes there's soy in there even I've seen that and even if it is like a super clean formula, they still are going to add just cheap fillers in. Like they'll just fill it with alfalfa, which is, isn't necessarily bad. Like alfalfa does have some benefits, but it's just a cheap filler. You're not actually getting like good, solid, organic, healthy greens in their healthy vegetables. In my opinion, it's just a bunch, usually just a bunch of dehydrated foreign vegetables. And none of that is really local to where you live most of the time. So in, in my opinion, the best kind of diet is always going to be eating local and eating seasonal foods. And that's kind of how we align our bodies with nature. And when we do that, when we are in line with nature, then disease can't thrive. So that's kind of my opinion on them. I don't think it's definitely not something I recommend. We always want to try to match our diet to our environment and to our diurnal processes for optimal health. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my take a lot. What's the classic argument? I feel like a lot of people say that they're like, oh, I didn't get enough vegetables in today. So I need my greens powder. They always say that they have to like supplement it because they're not eating enough vegetables. Right. But, Just add some more vegetables into your diet. <laughs> but then the comparison's like so off because you can't compare it like a greens powder to whole foods because they're just cheap dehydrated vegetables that have been stored in plastic for god knows how long and and you don't know how they've been growing they've probably been grown in like horrible circumstances so mm. we're actually going to replace real food yeah. yeah and it's really interesting when you kind of like peel back that layer and look at it that way yeah. because a lot of the people that kind of gravitate towards some of that wellness stuff also are probably buying organic going to the farmer's market like wanting to really like know where their food comes from but then yeah. like we don't think about it with stuff like that that's interesting yeah exactly yeah so i'd be interested to see if there are any like i've never seen a, a healthy good greens powder that i would 100 percent agree with and i'm mm. recommending to people but maybe they are out there i'm not i'm not sure i'd have to i'd have to see it <laughs> who knows yeah i feel like that's one thing that everyone like talks about being like it just energizes me and it's it kickstarts my day and detoxes my system like i know i know but then nobody talks about the side of things where like plants are super hard to digest yeah. right they have anti-nutrients to them to kind of prevent us from digesting them 
So it's like, no one ever really looks at that. Like to me, I'm not saying vegetables are bad by any means. I think everything kind of in balance, but in terms of like comparing fruits versus vegetables, I always get my clients to eat a lot more fruits than I do vegetables. Ooh, people will be happy to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) I also loved when you were saying, um, to kind of eat by the season is what I kind of took it as, as you know, in different seasons, we're needing more like in the winter, we're probably a little bit more in hibernation mode. We might not need all of these, you know, I might not need an orange in December. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more like sleepy and all of that. And what's available is definitely what's healthiest and probably what you need most in your body. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You definitely want to like up carbohydrates in, in the winter time. Definitely. And then obviously, yeah, transition to more like greens and and stuff like that in the summer. It's so simple if you just let it be. I know exactly. You literally just got to follow nature and it's all laid out there for us easily. It's just hard to see it because our society's manipulated everything so much. But if you really just get back to the roots and get back to nature, like you're golden. (laughs) I love that. Capitalism, man. Like, (laughs) lest we not forget that the diet and wellness industry is like a multi-billion dollar industry so i know i know exactly like oh it's it's getting just as bad as the pharmaceutical industry yeah and it's i i feel like everything that i'm talking about is making me sound like i'm just like shitting on a bunch of people and like truthfully it's like not their fault that they've been sold this idea like everyone's just kind of trying to do the right thing i don't know some people are trying to make money but at the end of the day, it goes back to, yeah, money. Yeah. I know. I know. It's so true. Uh. Um, Okay. I want to talk about one that I feel like is something that we all deal with, or at least many of us deal with, but we're afraid to talk about, and that is poop. Period poops. Oh. I'm so glad that you posted some stuff about this so I can yep. ask you about it why do period poops happen because they are a real thing like you're not crazy if you have them and is it something that like we can manage or like kind of reduce those like symptoms with nutritional changes or supplementation or anything like that yeah definitely it's it really any period symptom you can definitely you know reduce by using nutrition and natural medicine for sure so in terms of period poops like Basically, when you're about to get your period, your endometrial cells will start producing more prostaglandins. And that's like a total natural reaction. Like we need that to stimulate our our smooth muscles in our uterus to contract and shed the lining, right? To, To have a period. But if your body starts overproducing those prostaglandins, which is what happens when you get period poops, is they can actually enter the bloodstream and then that can stimulate other smooth muscles. So it would start to stimulate the smooth muscle muscles in your bowels, which then of course results in more bowel movements. And this whole kind of process just overall increases the inflammation and, you know, increases a bunch of different period symptoms, like even cramps, like definitely being contributor to that as well. Um, so in terms of like ways to help it, cause this is something that I always struggled with on my period. Um, and it does take time to kind of, you know, get it back on track, but it's something you can definitely support. So I would say liver supporting your liver is going to be probably the biggest one, at least leading a week up to your period. I mean, I'm a big believer in always supporting your liver, always, you know, giving your liver some love, especially cause 
I deal with acne. I work with people with acne and acne is a direct reflection of your detoxification organs like your liver. Um, but the main thing is, is your liver is where your hormones get broken down and that's where they get prepared for excretion. So whenever you have a period problem or whenever you have a skin problem, always, always, always support the liver. So there's many things that you can do to do this. So magnesium, taking magnesium supplementation, that's a good one. It's also been shown to reduce prostaglandins. Um, there's also different formulas supplementation wise, like DIM and calcium deglucurate, like those can both help with different phases of liver detoxification and estrogen detoxification. Um, and then if you don't even want to start with supplements, which that's not usually what I recommend, I usually recommend starting with food, um, things like carrots, raw carrots, just adding that into your diet on a daily basis that can definitely help or getting in enough animal protein because obviously we need those those amino acids for phase two detoxification um and then even just like detoxing your home and detoxing your personal care products just switching to a more natural lifestyle and using more natural products that over time is going to reduce the toxic load on your liver so that's not the first place i would start um after that, I'd probably look into your adrenal glands as well if you're suffering with period poops because a lot of people who have this issue are also in that more adrenal fatigue state. So they're in the, you know, the exhausted phase of HPA dysregulation. So they have that low cortisol. Um, so I would look into that next. You can do testing for that. So there's a Dutch test. That's what I run in my practice. And it gives us kind of the overall look of cortisol. Um, and then... In order to help that, you can do different things like licorice root tinctures or teas or even green teas sometimes can be helpful. So great. Yeah. yeah. And like still pretty simple. It's like you can add a little bit to your routine. It, you don't have to revamp your whole entire life. Yeah, no, definitely. It just takes time and consistency. Like that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to work instantly, but over time, it's it's definitely going to make it Oh, and gut health. Gut health relates to everything in the body. So it's always something that you want to focus on. But um, in terms of like our gut microbiome, we obviously have like an astrobilome, which is that's the group of bacteria that's responsible for metabolizing estrogen. So women who are overproducing estrogen also tend to be, you know, have higher circulating prostaglandins as well. So always supporting gut health as well. That's a big one. I love that. And I love just the simpleness of what you said, like you can just have carrots, <laughs> you know, cause I think that sometimes we get so caught up in this, um, supplement situation where it's like, okay, I know I should have X, Y, and Z, but then how much of it? And it's so, um, individualized. And if you don't have the resources, the time, the money to go and get all of these things checked, it's like, just let's start with the simple things. And then when we have that down, maybe you can move on to the next step. But I think some of us get overwhelmed by all of these resources when it can just be simple, like we keep saying. I know, yeah. I did this tea series on TikTok where I would be like, this is a good, if you have this symptoms, here's like a tea that you can drink. But people took it so literally to the point where like they thought that this one tea is gonna like cure their whole life. Wow. And like, yeah, it just got some crazy, crazy messages <laughs> and people they kind of miss the point with natural medicine it's like it's it's not just like one thing that you're going to take and everything's going to be gone like I wish it was it was like that way but it truly is a lifestyle change and that's when you start to see like those long-term results absolutely 
Yeah, I think that's why all the like wellness stuff, like the greens powders and everything are just so successful because people just yep. want that. Like they get those false promises of a quick fix. And I just have to drink this greens powder in the morning and my gut health is perfect. And yeah. I've got it all figured out. I know, I know. Same with probiotics and gut health. Oh my gosh. Like I just see everybody who has any sort of bloating or excessive gas or anything like that taking a probiotic. And nine times out of 10, it, it, they have SIBO. They have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Mm-hmm. I deal with a lot, a lot, a lot in my practice because a good portion of acne sufferers have SIBO. And they're just adding more fuel to the fire by supplementing a probiotic at that time because it's not necessarily like they have too much bacteria in their, in their gut. They have too much bacteria in their small intestine and bacteria isn't really supposed to live there. It's supposed to live in our large intestine. So it's a matter of properly colonizing that bacteria. It's not a matter of adding in more good bacteria and crowding out the bad guys. It really is a matter of properly colonizing it. And so, yeah, that's just another thing that I see people going way wrong and and it just always never ends great. <laughs> and that's always the quick fix. Like I'm just thinking of even um, my daughter when she was on like antibiotics and was having issues and the doctor's like, oh, we'll just throw some probiotics in our bottle. And it's like, but it's more complicated than that. Like she's a breastfed baby. She's getting plenty of probiotics, you know, like we're getting them from different avenues. Um, it's not just a quick fix, like you're saying, but it is, it's like thrown on you for so many different symptoms. It's wild. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Antibiotics is a whole nother kind of beast. <laughs> to oh, deal. With. I know it's so hard because it's like, there's a reason for it. My belief is there's a reason for it, but it's so over medicated and it's can wreak havoc on so many different things as well. Yeah. And I think my kind of issue is no one's given other options, right? So if it is this, you know, I do think antibiotics have their place for, for serious bacterial infections or, you know, something that's, you know, going to be life-threatening, but in most cases, you can just use like oregano oil or, you know, a garlic oil or some herb that is antibacterial and, you know, can have even have antiviral and antifungal properties as well, rather than jumping right to antibiotics. So yeah, I totally wow. think it's definitely over-medicated for sure. Can you use those for things just like the common colds that sometimes doctors prescribe you antibiotics for? So I wouldn't necessarily use it for, I mean, oregano oil, yeah, I have used it for a cold before, but with colds, I never, if it's just like a minor cold, I would never want to like stop it from happening. This sounds kind of, but even when people have like fevers, like I would always tell them to like drink warm tea and wrap yourself in warm towels or have a hot bath and just like sweat it out because that every symptom that our body gives us, that is that's its mechanism of dealing with what's going on. Even when we're coughing and we're like coughing up phlegm and that kind of stuff, like we're trying to get things out of our body. And even when we have loose stools, like that's, that's your body trying to get the bacteria or virus or whatever out of your body. So I wouldn't want to like do things that would necessarily stop that. You want to almost do things that like encourage it so that it heal, that's so that you heal faster, basically. Wow. Yeah. Simple. I like it. (laughs) So interesting. Um, And it always comes back to garlic. My grandmother always, so almost every single Thanksgiving, for some reason, like clockwork, my older sister would get um, like, I don't know if it was like an ear infection, but like a crazy earache situation. And my grandma would stick a full clove of 
garlic in her ear and it would like break everything up. And she was like the grandpa on my big fat Greek wedding with the Windex. Like that is her with garlic. Fixes everything. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to send Annie to daycare with like two garlic. Yes. Yeah. Like she's fine. We don't, don't worry about it. Pictures. No, we're good. <laughs> oh my God. That was not medical advice, by the way. <laughs> Don't sue me if you get a garlic clove stuck in your ear. <laughs> just eating, honestly, just eat garlic when you like raw garlic when you have a cold. That can that can be helpful. So true. I mean, you don't have to tempt me with a good time. I freaking love garlic. Seriously. <laughs> um, and speaking of, I don't know if it was oregano or another spice or herb or whatever. Um. But I saw that you posted this like natural hair growth hack. And I know um, Caitlin wanted to ask for a friend about postpartum hair loss. Like when you don't have hair or when you have nice frizzy little hairs growing in that just stop right at your crown. You know, I have like (laughs) a nice crown going. So help. (laughs) Yeah. So the externally, that can be helpful. Like rosemary and peppermint is what I posted. It's kind of like a hydrosol. So it can be helpful. It can start to like stimulate the hair growth and even just like brushing your hair can start to stimulate it or massaging your head. You always want to make sure that you're stimulating it, but everything else is going to come from like an internal perspective. So postpartum, you're going to want to look into your hormones and you're going to want to look into your thyroid. Those would be like kind of the first two places and minerals, because obviously after pregnancy, you become very mineral depleted. Um, So those would be the first things I would look at. But in terms of like, healing from the outside in, whether it's your your skin, your scalp, I mean, your scalp is part of your skin, you're only going to get so far, like there are things that you can do to help, but the true healing comes from within. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Easy enough. Um, well, Caitlin, do you have any other questions that you wanted to ask about? You know, I don't think so. I really think I've chimed in and just butted my way in there. I feel like you brought up all of these different conversations. I didn't even know what we were going to have, and I'm really excited. I feel like I've learned so much, and you've given us such, like, actual things that we can do and use in our real lives. So that's super helpful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So helpful. I feel like we need to, like, write out a, like, resource guide of, like, all of the things that we talked about today. I should have brought, like, a pad and paper and – or a pad and pen and that's written it all down. That's what I did. Like, I literally have that for my program. Like, that's really why I created my program is because I just kind of wanted to make it, like, your all-in-one, like, healing kind of resource, especially for skin conditions. But it has a lot of info in there as well for for other conditions, too. But – Yeah, that's literally why I created that because I got that all the time. I was like, we need all the information in one spot. So I created (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about your program and if listeners are interested, where can they find you and learn more about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, probably the best way to reach out to me is either like through my website, holistico.ca or my Instagram account. So holistico.kd. Um, but basically I have a program. So I launched it last year and we're doing a second launch in about a few weeks. So I'm really excited, but it's called the acne solution. And it's essentially a self-paced program that teaches you how to clear your skin naturally and permanently from the root cause. So it's, you, you can obviously work one-to-one with me. I am still accepting one-to-one clients with me and my team, but 
this program is the cheaper route to go and it kind of teaches you how to become your own best doctor and how to piece together your own health puzzle. Um, so yeah, that's why I created it. It's just an incredible educational tool and it's it's jam-packed with information. I think I spent like over a year creating it. So it's got a lot in it. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and then if people wanted to get like hormone testing done um what are some of those tests that like you run with your clients that you recommend other people you know maybe find a provider that will run for them or yeah so i can run any functional tests and any blood work as well um the ones i really focused on though are the gi map the dutch and the htma those are the three functional tests at least that i found to be the most definitive and actually give my clients results i did used to run like the oat tests and mycotoxin tests and all that and i didn't really find them to be that beneficial for the money that you're paying um so yeah those three tests that i offer are all on my website and you don't even have to be a one-to-one client with me you can just order the tests and we'll do a and like about an hour long session together where I walk you through your results and then I kind of develop you a protocol and all of that. So it's just a one-off appointment. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's such a good place to start too. If you're just curious about like, where do I even stand? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just to get those baseline results and really figure out, you know, your root causes and what exactly is going on. Like people need that because people have been just trial and error for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. And- how often would you recommend people like retesting to see Good question. you know if things are being managed or you know getting wonky again uh, usually like six to eight months i would say because you can you might not be 100 percent healed in six to eight months but you should have seen some solid changes and some solid improvements within that amount of time to a point where you can retest and see what's changed and see what else you need to work on what's popped up etc so yeah that's usually the timeline that we go with Perfect. That makes yeah. sense. I'm so funny. I'm like, okay, we're done. Hype yourself up. And I'm like, hold on. I have five more questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always, always. But um, yeah, so you hyped yourself up. We will link all your stuff in um, the show notes. But any any last words? Oh, I think that's it. This has been this has been really fun. So thank you guys. Amazing. This is so helpful. Thank you yeah. so much. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah, appreciate right. it endlessly. Everyone, like, chill out with buying all the wellness products and eat some freaking carrots and garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll be in touch soon. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.